chaos is everywhere. Uh, so before we get into it, just you can hear me okay, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Good. I just I'm using a new pair of headphones. So I don't know how the microphone's gonna work on these, but we'll see. Ah, look at you being fancy. Yeah, I want to get a like a decent recorder because I was actually listening back to some of our old episodes, and I cut out occasionally. I'm hoping uh-huh. earphone headphones will help that from happening. Yeah. Anywho, um, so let me do the whole thing here. Hey, everybody, welcome to Chaos, the Final Frontier. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist, and with me, as always, is Artie Vice. What, what? And, and today, we're going to be watching um, Season 1, Episode 13 of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, uh, The Storyteller. And um, just because I did my research, this, if you're wondering, aired originally on May 2nd of 1993. Wow. Oh. So... That's that's where my research started, and I've got other stuff to tell you later, but we should just get to the show. Let's do it to it, Lars. All right, so we're at zero. If you want to watch along, you're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Station lock. Station lock. And somebody did not turn off their volume. Yeah, or, yeah whatever. You don't know me. Uh. You, you like you almost like doubled up on that by just calling me my real name. Do you know nothing of kayfabe? I'm sorry. I wanna. I'm sorry. I almost called my. I'm sorry. I almost called my best friend and brother. So his real name. I'm sorry. Okay. You really, really should be. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. I love you so much. It hurts. We're all a little sorry that it hurts. Yep. So, okay, this is actually pretty. This episode's got a lot of stuff going on, um, but I'll get into some of it as we go. But this is the first episode where uh, Doctor Bashir and O'Brien have to hang out, and we're uh, gonna see how that works out. I feel bad for O'Brien. Yeah, O'Brien literally just said maybe um, somebody else could pilot the shuttle. To yeah, go. <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, Such a wonderful opportunity to get to know each other. <laughs> I feel the sentiment is not shared. No, no, it is not. So that's what those two are doing, and our main story is there's going to be some peace talks on the space station. So, well, I guess technically O'Brien and Bashir are the main story. This is the B story, I would say. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. Well, at least it has my two favorite people. I don't know why you don't like O'Brien. He's awesome. What? I was talking about Cisco and fucking... Kira? Kira. Because they're too awesome? I hate them. <laughs> I don't hate them. I just, I just don't enjoy them. Uh, I also have the benefit of knowing, like how they develop as characters and you're you're watching this kind of for the first time you said you've seen some stuff but yeah i i love them because i know who they are like inside and out so what the heck she like 10 years old bum 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 so basically like we were saying that there's they're going to be a peace talk and they just some of the delegates just showed up or one of the main delegates on one of the sides and it's like a 10 year old girl uh, oh. and ho- of course and hilarity ensues if I had a nickel for every time a 10 year old girl ran a planet well I guess it's technically a village I don't, Bajor is a weird planet because everything that's going to happen in this episode is going to be about Bajor and there's yeah. some weird crap that's about to happen on Bajor that doesn't make any sense and is never brought up again. So, oh, okay. 
but when you really like this episode for me, it'd be better for me if it was on like a different planet. But the fact that it's on Bayshore, it's like, why the hell did all that happen on the planet that we were supposed to know really well? I don't know. You'll you'll see what I mean. I'm not going to get too far into it because uh, yeah. I I don't want to spoil the show. It's just it's a very weird episode in that way, and there's a reason for that, which I will talk about when we get to it. So, eh. spoilers. Oh, I love this. I, you know, I know I see this every week, but I love the space station. I love the detail of the model. Yeah. So cool. That's uh, fair. Yeah. I just I like to point out because every because we can't do skip intro because that would kind of ruin the whole uh, watch along vibe. So yeah, I like to just point out when I can when we're doing the intro just some stuff that I still like even after like thirteen episodes. And there's the butthole. I mean the wormhole. No, you were at the first time. Right, right, right. You were definitely right the first time. It's a butthole. This is a very funny like episode in that Chief O'Brien literally his whole job is just to fly the ship. That's all he's there for. Uh and to be fantastic company. Ooh, uh-oh, an honest answer. You never want to tell somebody to give you an honest answer. Oh. Do I enjoy you? Yes. Yes, you really do. I hate I feel, you. I feel like this is where Chief O'Brien's going to like be your voice in the show. Like, yes, you really do annoy me. Stop talking. <laughs> When we get back to the station. Right. Level one. That's the best level there is. Yeah, are you satisfied? Basher? You know, yeah, this is basically all of adult life, though, being crammed in situations with people you wouldn't normally hang out with and force to interact. What? No way. I mean, I don't know how your life's been going, but that's basically what my life was like before the quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Oh, God. It's also so weird when your boss tries to be your friend. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. At least somebody's tried to have some military etiquette. The other people in the station don't do it, but O'Brien certainly is. Exactly. Trying to think because there's just some stuff about this episode that, well, I'll I'll say it here because it's going to inform what I think about this episode. Because you know, one of my big gripes about um, the first season of the show is that it feels too much like Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. and this is a good example of that because this episode's script, the idea for the script, was actually originally a Next Generation script that just never got made. Like, oh, okay. it was like submitted in season three. The guy that worked on the show kept it, but it never fit for Next Generation. So when they had this show and they're trying to come up with episodes for the first season, so before the pilot, he came back to this idea. Uh-huh. So I think that's part of it. I think it's because this show wasn't completely its own right from the bat. You got a lot of Next Generation leftovers in this first season. So I think that's part of the reason you have that complaint. Also, I want to point out the doctor just crushed the elderly man's hand with his giant medical equipment. He just let fall on him right there. (laughs) You must be an ass because you're eating. Bad, Bad people in movies and TV are always eating. That's fair. Just like life. Also, what the heck's up with this little girl? I didn't come here to eat. I came here to talk. Such a weird... I mean, it's completely believable that this would actually happen. So, 
Um, just for anybody not watching along, just watch, listening to the podcast, which I think a lot of people don't do. The, like when I started this, I started a watch along because I like watch along podcasts. I always try yeah. to watch when you know they're watching, but some people just listen to the podcast. So anyway, um, for those people, I'm just going to tell you that the um, the basic dispute is these two villages had a shared border, and the border was a river, but the Cardassians diverted the river, so now they're arguing about. Does that mean the one village gets more space or does the other village, um, you know, does it still where the river was? That's basically what they're arguing about. So, I mean, very, very realistic thing to fight about, honestly, when it comes to politics. Oh. And Cork gets a drink in his face. Yep. <laughs> That's actually a really good Cork line. I'm still charging her for the drink. As you should. Somebody wants to be cheated like an adult. I wonder if that'll be the arc of the episode. Yep. Hey, look, two other children we know. Yep. I gotta throw stuff at people. <laughs> uh. <laughs> They're, right now, we're having a discussion. They have a lot in the show about baseball being a oh. sport. Hey, Odo. Sup? Well, Odo, unlike you, the other people. Right. But that's not very neat and tidy, so of course they shouldn't be able to sit there. This, like, I don't know, as, as a kid that grew up in the 90s but didn't actually go to malls, I don't understand the big deal of them sitting on the um, sitting on the promenade. Yeah. I guess I guess because of the just the character Odo is, it's more because like he just said that they could stand there and look, but I think it's more just a safety issue supposed to be. But, you know, uh, kids don't give a fuck about spa- uh, safety issues. Yeah. What? The two kids that we know from the main cast are going to talk to this girl that just showed up. <laughs> no way. And it makes perfect sense since they're all roughly the same age group. Right? And because they're all roughly the same age group, of course they're going to get along. What? Um, so new another little fact I picked up. And again, another like instance of my point of Next Generation being all over the first season the exterior shot we just saw of the village is again a reuse from an episode of Next Generation called um, The Birthright. And uh, basically, they took the model that they used in Next Generation for that exterior shot and they uh, put a uh, picture of a jungle in it. And that's all they did to change it. Now, as big a nerd as I am, I wouldn't know. I didn't know that until I looked it up. But it does, you know, show you what they did. They reuse stuff all the time. Uh, this is imp- makes no sense. I get that he's old, but he's like they're at an advanced enough age and they like know what the Federation is to understand right. that there's no such thing as like this, these like profits and stuff. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I was just thinking he like, you clearly just heard him say, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Haven't gone anywhere. Uh... No, the, well, that's the that's the weird thing about the prophets in that, um, yes, they are aliens, but they're literally aliens that don't didn't have a concept of linear time before uh, Cisco showed up, meaning they didn't yeah. know the difference between the future, the past, the present. So that's fair. Yeah, you know, that that if that doesn't make you a god, but it definitely means you can, you know tell people what's going to happen and do prophecies and crap. And if you do that for 10,000 years, probably somebody's going to worship you. Not to mention, I don't think this is really brought up enough on the show. Like later they'll talk about it, but what you really have to hammer home that wormhole that they live in, 
they built that. They have advanced technology to the point where they can build a wormhole, which is something that even Star Trek science never really explains how that's possible, but they do it. Good thing the computer can tell us right where everybody is so we can stalk this girl. <laughs> right? That, no way that'll ever get abused. Uh, I feel like this is about the level of wingman you and I would be at a bar. <laughs> Are you scared? No. Are you? No. I want to go home and watch TV. Oh, I wish that wasn't so true. Uh-huh. Ooh, a Klingon freighter. Oh, that's cool. I'd actually like to go see the Klingon freighter because I don't know what a Klingon freighter really looks like. I've never seen the wormhole. <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of big and blue and swirly. Didn't you see it like 10 minutes ago when the opening credits were rolling? Well, guaranteed three-way. Yeah. Pretty sure that's where this is going. Yep. I mean, according to Lonely Island, it's not gay if it's in a three-way. So. That is, I've heard that. That is true. I don't believe it, but that is true. I don't. I was about to say I don't necessarily believe it, but. <laughs> I, oh man, I bet it's King Kong, isn't it? This is a King Kong cameo. That would be awesome. No, it's more. I bet it's King Kong. It's more Lord of the Rings meets uh, James and the Giant Peach. Uh, something big. <laughs> storms are coming. <laughs> <laughs> The Dow Rock wakes. It never occurred to me, but they that's why I said Lord of the Rings. They literally just changed one letter to make the name of this. It's Dow Rock instead of Balrog. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess it's two letters, but still it's it's definitely they just ripped off Lord of the Rings. The twisted pit of chaos. What the hell? The rhinoceros! Ah, looks like somebody splooged in the sky. I mean, basically, yeah. So this wonderful effect put this show like way over budget, like ridiculously over budget because it's so awesome. <laughs> now I could do that on my phone. I guarantee it's like some sort of image or something that that dude's conjuring up. Like, this is some Wizard of Oz crap right here. And again, this is all in just this one village. Like, they worship the prophets because Bajor, but this is the only village that does this weird thing. And while the Cardassians were there, like, they kept doing the storytelling... Oh, man, they're destroying the state of Marshmallow Man. Oh, no. What? In oh, no. It's coming. Oh, wait, what? I was not expecting that. <laughs> For it to actually have power? Yeah. And for O'Brien to say bloody hell like he's Irish. Well, he is Irish. That's why he's named O. You know what? Never mind. Yeah, but he has an, he's a, he speaks like an American. You know what I mean? Not really. Like he actually has a very heavy Irish accent, especially for the show. Really? I don't remember him having it. We've been watching these on mute. Yeah. For so long that I don't remember, but I could have sworn he did. He does. He 
his character, like, I, I don't know if the actor really does, but he's, the character's from Ireland, like, came from around Belfast and has an Irish accent. No. I really don't remember him having one, but yeah. okay. <sighs> Ugh. Hey, man, the village shall not be destroyed. Right? Despite our fears, we shall stand our God. <laughs> Whatever the cost may be. I just want O'Brien to turn around and go, You shall not pass. <laughs> I want him to, I don't know if you get this movie reference, but I want him to turn around and be like, Oh man, people of Sherwood Forest have been had. Bamboozled. Run amok. I feel like I do get that reference. Let me just take a stab at it. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah. yeah, I get that reference because you made me stay and watch it because uh, I haven't seen that movie, even though I love Mel Brooks movies. It just it wasn't on. I haven't seen it yet until I, you made me stay and watch it. So, haha. Good. See, I remember stuff. Man, we didn't land on the Bow Rock. The Bow Rock landed on us. True. Brother O'Brien is right. <laughs> He's fine. Oh, old man's fine. It'd be kind of a boring episode if he was, actually. Yeah, he's fine. Do you, you don't even have any of your medical equipment. Like, you didn't really take a pulse. You just sort of touched him. I, I don't think you can just say that he's dead. I feel like as a doctor, you have to do more tests than that. Seriously. I mean, we... Oh, no. I guess we do have to move the plot along a little bit, so... Yeah. <laughs> A new Syrah to tell the story. He just so happens to work for the Federation and can't actually stay here. No, this is like his last episode on the show. He stays at that village for the rest of, you know, forever. I, I, don't, I didn't tell you that that's what happens. I wouldn't believe you. Ooh, a Star Drifter. Haven't had one of those in years. This is actually a pretty cool effect considering they spent so much money on the Delrog. Yeah. Oh, wait, never mind. It's a different episode. It's not that. There's an episode where he pours a drink and, like, he, like, flicks the glass and it changes weird colors and, like, makes, like, a what looks like a spiral galaxy inside the cup. So... Yeah, I'll, we'll we'll get to that episode eventually. I'm not sure where it is, but I just I thought that was this drink that he was making. But no, they just poured some green liquid in a glass. Also, well, I mean, I, they do talk about the government being weak, the provisional government. But like, I feel like if your planetary government just lets two cities go to war, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh-huh. I think, like, oh, I did not like this little no, girl. She, like, it's a very specific story they're telling, but she is, I've always found this her annoying in this episode. Yeah. I'm a leader. I don't need to listen to anybody. <laughs> Leave me alone. We won't listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll wait till we get back to the village. I just remembered another thing that, I, well, I didn't remember. I'm reading over my notes, and I just realized something that's kind of actually very interesting. Uh, hey, wait a minute. That girl's in our spot. <laughs> Push her. You know, on Earth, we have this thing called the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh. um, go ahead and Google that. I mean, if you're not at work, go ahead and Google that. Maybe everybody else is not as like, um, twisted as I am, so if they Google it, they'll just get pictures of Paris, and it'll be a delightful afternoon for them. 
Uh-huh. I asked my dad. <laughs> uh, difference in parenting styles right there. Right? <laughs> yeah. They, they're starting to establish it, but um, Ron, uh, Ron's dad, or not Ron, Nog's dad is not that smart. He gets dumber as the series goes on. And so, like, he, he has his talents, but he, but it's more like an accidental thing. It, yeah. yeah. He's definitely the comic relief. So you don't want to ask the comic relief for help about a serious issue. Jesus Christ. This, oh, man. Sup, Odo? Wow, way to be a cock lock, Odo. Two times. <sighs> oh, so what I was going to say, like what I screen close to the end of my notes because there just wasn't that much on it, but really cool thing about this village, you know, the whole village, the um, production crew had seven days to design the village and build it. And they obviously got it done. And it's like a full, like, it's cool. It's a good-looking village. It's a good thing that window isn't open so they can't hear you say that you can't do the saving of the village. Right. I like how they just open the door. I mean, it's technically their place, but I like how they don't even bother knocking. Well, they're bringing them stuff. Like, there's a plate full of shiny bobbles and probably some food of some kind. Oh, I hate Julian so much. He is a married man. Leave him be. Oh. I mean, you're kind of on vacation. I feel like... I know, like, in general, this is a bad thing anyway, but I've never seen a TV show where the good guy's like, yeah, sure, I'll take the girls. What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's going to kill your village, and that's that. Again, how does your weird village religion fit into the overall religion of the prophets? I feel like the prophets in general are like uh, Catholicism or Christianity, and this village is like the snake handlers. Oh, I can see that. I think that's the only way to really make any sense of it, because otherwise it's like, what the hell is going on on this planet? Yeah. Gotta take him out before he takes us out. I think Julian sees the only way out of this is to bang all three of those chicks at once. I'm sure he did. They don't talk about it, but I'm sure it happened. Enter. Sorry, I am doing adult things. You children must run along. Right. (laughs) I like that. Let's go before you embarrass yourself. Yeah, that's a good friend. It's funny how, like, it's funny because, like, when I remember when they were first talking about them becoming friends. Cisco's the younger of the two by like a year or two, yeah, I think they like said. That. But like, he's clearly, clearly 
the more responsible one and more yeah. mature one. I think also it's partially part of how the species, the difference in their species is supposed to be. Yeah. Because Ferengis are, they're, they just treat women completely different. So like whenever they're talking to a girl, Jake seems much more mature because he treats the girl with basic respect and dignity. <laughs> yeah. So that makes a big difference. Oh, this is the first um, instance where they're going to talk about this, but they're about to go steal Odo's bucket. Why a bucket, do you say? Well, because he has to become liquid every 17 hours, so he goes into a bucket. Very practical, really, if you think about it. I think I said 17, it's 16 hours. Why was there? This is terrifying. Like, I I would not put it past Odo to kill children. Like, Oh, well, to him, they're just tinier humanoids, so I don't think there'd be much of a difference. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, no. Oh. Oh. No, this is a funny prank. You know. That is actually <laughs> hilarious. But I just want to point something out just from a weird perspective, because I just had this thought. Like, yes, he filled the bucket of oatmeal to prank Jake, but that's like if somebody came into your house and filled your house with oatmeal and <laughs> to prank somebody else, like that's very fair. And look, it's Odo. Like, I don't can't imagine why he would show up. Now, now three children are about to die, and one of them's the leader of, of a place. <laughs> I'm sure this will make uh, Cisco much happier about their friendship. Yeah. Right. It's just oatmeal, Cisco. Jeez. And also, that's that person's not going to get in trouble because she's the representative of a place or whatever. Yeah, it's very limited what he can do to her. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to scold her. I mean, technically, I guess he could, but... Probably wouldn't go over very well. I'm also gonna point something out that this um, this episode, unlike a lot of Star Trek episodes, doesn't do a very good job of explaining what the hell's going on. Like they, he yeah. never is gonna figure out what's actually controlling the Balrog. Like they'll tell you what it is, but like the actual mechanism of how it's created, they never try to explain that. Look at that baby. Yeah, bless the baby. I know exactly. I've seen this happen before. I know exactly what you're supposed to do. No, he's doing it wrong. What are you supposed to do? You have to do is you have to take them and you have to dunk uh-huh. them underwater. But you hold them there until they can't breathe. And then you lift them up. Yeah, if you want them to be really holy, you make sure the bubbles stop. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, they don't want you, Julian. Useless piece of crap. (laughs) That is a shiny piece of diamond, I think. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Something shiny. (laughs) How much porn do you think he stumbled across in the old man's house at this point? (laughs) Quite a bit. What's what's card Asian impact seventeen? <laughs> uh, that's definitely like the most like heavy fetish on Bajor is Cardassian. Oh yeah. Card Asian. Yep. And you know that that's just a joke right now, but I can tell you it's talked about. It literally is the fetish they talk about on Cardassia. Like they love them some Bajoran women. 
which is not nice because they did some awful things to the Bajorans. Uh-huh. Must stab person. Nice Star Trek reference. That was original series reference right there. Thank you. Okay, come on. There are two of you, for God's sakes. Guy's Seriously. not a bodybuilder. Well, let's see. Two. <laughs> Wait, you mean the son of the last Shiraz that's probably spent his whole life training to be the guy thinks he should be the guy? No. No way. Oh. Who would have saw oh, that? Oh, never mind. He's not a son. I was about to make a joke about the fact that the last Shiraz must have like got like got it on like when he was eighty, but no, no. Nope, it's just the uh -oh. guy that studied for nine years to take his place, and he was looking so much forward to that free, free pussy. Uh. Oh, okay. I forgot about that part. They tell you more. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna walk something back earlier. I um did not give the writers of Deep Space Nine enough credit because they're explaining right now. Uh, the Shira has a bracelet that has a piece of something like an orb, which I don't know if you've ever seen the orbs. They come back in a bunch later. Uh, but basically, there are these things that the prophets created and sent to Bajor that can do all sorts of stuff. They you know, give visions and crap like that. Um, so this is like that, but it allows them to um, do what they're doing, create the, the Dalrog and fight it and all that stuff. It's a way to oh, keep okay. the village together, basically. The Dalrock is created by the villagers through the orb, and then the orb allows them to defeat it, but the storyteller uh, focuses their energy so all that can happen. If you don't have a good storyteller, shit blows up, as you saw. Yep. Huh. I mean, okay. I could have let you just watch that, but again, some people might not be watching, so I want to give people the rundown of what's happening. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. And like I said, I'm, I'm actually happy because they do actually give a nice explanation. It's not a very scientific one still because it still just comes down to orb magic, which can be almost anything in this show. But at least it's an explanation more than I thought it was. How dare you put on that robe? No, I don't want to be the Syrah. Leave me alone. Now, could you please put on this robe that a guy died in two days ago? Did you at least wash it? No, of course we didn't wash it. And get rid of the magic. You fool. You should. You and your feminine wilds. Oh, we just found out which one she prefers. I think Nog is going to get the cold shoulder. Yeah. Yep. That's always nice to hear. I bet it is, honestly, because you know with teenage boys, nope. he never hears that. Definitely himself. doesn't. I mean, they do have a much nicer relationship than you would expect from like a modern teenage family, but still, yeah, it's still a teenage boy and their dad. So yeah. Yep. 
yeah, duh. I don't know why in a spacefaring civilization they allowed you to be the leader when they could have just elected some adult instead of making a 13-year-old girl, you know, have to do all this crap. I mean, this stuff did happen in, like, the Middle Ages, but can you imagine, like, today, if a president of some country died, and, like, like they're, they just go to their kid, like, you, figure out whatever the hell he was working on. Uh-oh. What's she gonna I'm do? I'm pretty sure she's gonna launch the nukes. Yep. Yay! Good job, Nog. <laughs> Way to influence her. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Gave her the old influence. what I just said, she's also old enough that I think she should have understood what a compromise was before she met Nog. <laughs> Seriously. Is that like just not a thing on her planet or something? I mean, they they have been at war a while. Maybe they just forgot stuff like that while they were fighting the Cardassians. Maybe. And dude, when he said, when Julian said that, I, I bet in O'Brien's mind, all he was thinking is, <laughs> "Fuck you!" Like that, like when he looked at him, that was like a fuck. I mean, what else would you? How else would you look at somebody? No, seriously, no, I agree completely. Sarah, the story. You've been here for like twenty-four hours. How do you not? I mean, know the story? I'm pretty sure it doesn't start with "Once Upon a Time." No, no, it sounds like it. I, I think he's spot on so far. I feel like he's doing a pretty good job with the story. He's at least making the Dalrog appear. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> With the lights. Somebody forgot to turn on the Zeppelin. The lead Zeppelin. That was a light show reference. Never mind. Uh, so believe it or not, O'Brien... Is not doing a good job, and the Dalrog is getting closer. <laughs> and at the moment, there's nobody, they can't call the Mandalorian to come in and stop the Dalrog. Right? By the way, I just today started the second season of Mandalorian. Pretty awesome. Uh, I the first episode yet. very much has a lot of Knights of the Republic um, influence, like a lot. You're going to like it. Uh, I won't tell you any more than that. I'm just cool. saying you're going to like it because I know how much you like that game, like I do. So, cool. Let's <laughs> try it one more time. Come on, true Sarah. <laughs> I love... <laughs> it's about time. I love the fact also that the, this is the only plan the old Sarah could come up with. Not like sit down with the village, like, no, you got to like trust him. Like, no, let's put some rando in in this job that could potentially destroy the village and hope my apprentice gets it right after I'm dead. Now, I'm kind of curious because all they said was that it shows right. up for like five nights, but then it, but then it doesn't say like how long it's gone I, after I that. I think the idea is it's once a year. It's sort of like a Hanukkah oh, thing, okay. which is why I made the joke of the lights. But yeah, like once a year it shows up and they do the story. And, you know, the idea is that they're coming closer together as a village. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep, see right there. The village is safe for another year. 
Oh, okay. Here, okay. The you think of, like the fifty years they were in a Cardassian control, there would be like one year where they couldn't do it because like the Cardassians were roaming through and killing people. He's Hail, nothing. the Sarah. Oh, we shouldn't do like shit not ten minutes ago. Well, I'm us, right? sure that foursome he's about to have is going to help. Uh. Hey, look, the two teenagers trying to get some. Yeah, you know how you always try to hit on girls when your parents are there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's about to faint. <laughs> They're going to clear that of all that oatmeal. I get it. You had it full of storytelling. <laughs> and that's the start of a beautiful friendship. Oh, it, sure. it legitimately is like that. Like that's the point where they start hanging out. You're going to see them more together after this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty um, cool. So yeah, there's that episode. I mean, I like I said, it's a pretty cool episode. It's it's weird because it is written for a different show, so that's why it seems sort of out of place. But now that I've watched it again, I think it, it fits yeah. in enough that I'm not as mad at it as I thought I was. What did you think? Okay, okay, okay. I see. Uh, so what did you think of the um of this episode? So it was pretty good overall, I guess. Um the um I, I guess there I couldn't really tell which story was the main story and which one wasn't, honestly. So it felt like evil it felt yeah. like equal time was given to both. So the the whole Syrah thing was kind of meant, which kind of whatever. Um, I almost feel like because two different stories were being pushed in the same episode, that like neither of them really felt all that, I don't know, yeah. important, I guess. And at the end of the day, they're really not, because like um, I said, they never mentioned that village again, and they never mentioned that area that yeah. was in dispute. The only thing that comes out of this episode that has a long-term effect is um, basically the friendship that starts to go between Julian O'Brien. That becomes a part of the show. But other than that, yeah. 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 So I guess because of that, I guess the over the episode yeah. overall felt a little weak. Um. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, I could really feel the unimportance, which I mean is yeah. fine. It's a long series, like. It's a long ass series, so there's yeah. going to be episodes that are like. Basically, yeah, especially back in the day, because like we've been doing this. God, this is our thirteenth episode, so we've done this for thirteen weeks, and we've still got another, I think, another ten, yeah. eleven episodes before we're at the end of the season. So, yeah, there's going to be some filler episodes, yeah. but you know, at least we got to some something started that does carry through the rest of the series. But yeah, it's definitely a filler episode, I would say. Overall. Yeah, I mean, there were some funny parts like honestly <laughs> that, not throwing the oatmeal that's pretty well, i thought was hilarious but mostly because it brought me back to something that happened to me right. um as a high schooler and i guess just to tell a quick little story um i there was a one day i was probably in like my sophomore or junior right. year of high school somewhere around there so i was like 16 17 years old something like that i was sitting in like my um my i was sitting in a, in a gaming chair of mine playing video games on my tv um, and my dad came, uh, my dad came in yelling and he was like, and he was like, he was like, God damn it. You're not going to believe what the dog did. He uh -huh. shit all over the floor. And I was, I was like, Oh Jesus, here we go again. My dad yelling or whatever. He's a very loud person. Anyways. So he comes storming into my room and he goes, Ryan, do you see this, this shit? And he, he and then he pretends to fall. He pretends to right. trip and like flings it at me. 
So like, I, basically, I think a toilet, I think like a napkin right. full of shit is about to hit me in the face. So I scream bloody murder. Like I, I screamed like a little child. But then it hit me in the face. And it was just like a stick. That's actually a really funny dad joke. It was just, yeah. It was a short little thick piece of like wood or something. And it, did, it didn't hurt or anything. Right. He just like flung it onto my lap. But like, but yeah, but no, it, it, it looked like a, like a piece of shit. And I was scared out of my mind. And I don't think I've ever heard my dad laugh That's, louder. That is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, no, like this. That's why, that's why I thought that was so funny because it reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, no, this is like I said, this whole season is weird for me in that I've watched all of it before and I'll and I watch it again even when we're done doing this. But, um, if I'm just watching for the sake yeah. of watching like the main story in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I literally skip most of the first season, mm -hmm. if not the whole first season, after the um yeah. pilot. Because not because there's bad episodes, just because it doesn't, the main story doesn't kick in as much in this season. They're they're establishing the characters who I already know, so I don't need to reestablish them. So, um, I guess so yeah. Next week is uh, going to be episode fourteen. I actually just looked it up because I have it on Netflix here. Um, this is a little shorter of a season, so there's only nineteen episodes. So we're actually getting towards the end of the first season. I mean, we've still got a few weeks to go, but, um. Yeah, wow. and the next us. one's actually a very, um, I would say it's very much a not a filler episode. It it has a, it, it's a uh, major Kira-centric episode, but it uh, very much helps you understand Bajor in a much more serious way. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really okay. good, it is a really good episode. Some of the guest actors on the next episode are just, they're very memorable and it's a very emotional episode, so I think you'll enjoy it. Cool. I'm, um, I'm looking yeah, forward to so it. So I think that does it for tonight. Uh, we've already recorded Wednesday's episode, so check out Wednesday. We're going to be watching part one of our Beatlemania uh, block of Simpsons, where we watched uh, what was it, season five, episode one, Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Um, you know, and as always, you can write the show at chaospodshow at gmail .com. You can follow the show at Chaos is Everywhere. Um, on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter at LastGilchrist1. I'm actually working, and you know about this, but I'm working on a group on Facebook for fans. I haven't gotten that far with you. I'm, I've got the name, I've got the group set up, but I'm still working on like what I want it to look like. So when that becomes available, I'll definitely start plugging it here. And um, yeah, everything's chugging right along. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, not too much, just that I hope everyone had a very ho happy holidays, and, uh, yeah, I hope everyone's looking I'm forward looking to a new forward year. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting through the first season of Deep Space Nine, moving on to season two, and never looking back. Woo! Yeah. All right. Well, Woo. good night, everybody, and I hope you have a, well, happy, what's it going to be? By the time you listen to this, it'll, we're going to go through New Year's, so have a happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chaotic Crew. See you guys soon.